Welcome to Conversations with I Follow the Leader, made possible by I Follow the Leader, LLC. I am your host, Antonetta Mosley. I'm the CEO and Principal Leader at I Follow the Leader and a Certified Diversity Professional. I founded the firm in 2016 because I believe the historical prototype of what a successful leader looks like needs to change. We help leaders and organizations thrive and reach their highest potential. This is a place where those of a different feather can soar together. Thanks for joining us today. You're talking about best practices to create your organization's diversity, equity, and inclusion, or throughout this conversation, we will use DEI for short. How do you create your working group? How do you ensure that it's successful and, and you have measurable initiatives? And so I am so, so excited to introduce you for those who have not met Dr. Kim Allen. She is amazing. She is a senior leader at I Follow the Leader, and she has a vast experience in cultural anthropology, DEI, racial equity, and being an advocate for underrepresented groups. So you are in for a treat today. I would like to introduce you to Dr. Kim Allen, who is one of the most knowledgeable people I know. So welcome to Conversations with I Follow the Leader. It's great to be here. Good to see you, Antonetta. Awesome. Thank you. And anyone watching, please feel free in the chat to let us know where you're watching from. Even if you're watching later, we will see these comments. So let us know where are you tuning in from? And also, why are you here today? What are you hoping to learn from this conversation? Awesome. Thank you. So, Kim, I would love for you to set the stage. Um, we've talked a lot about this topic in our work, but would love for you to, to let us know um, why are we here today? Why do you think that we're seeing so many more organizations form these DEI groups uh, and also reboot them? So can you tell us a little more about that? Sure, sure. As you as you've said, really increasingly we're seeing uh, lots more people coming together um, around DEI related issues, whether that's on the job, um, in the home, in homes, even in communities, in faith communities, professional and political associations, just all over the board, people are are coming together around these issues, and. Um, and so really one question to ask is sort of what's the impetus for them coming together uh, in these very different kinds of places? And I think we need to pay attention to the social and political context in which these developments are happening. And, and for some, it's they're coming together in response to local, national, or even organizational crises. Um, and for others, it's a bit less reactionary. Um, for example, you know, the, the U.S. Census has just released its data. Uh, there are some um, demographic shifts that are happening and, and people, organizations, leaders are wanting to, you know, get on board the train or, or to, you know, get ahead of the curve in, in addressing uh, DEI-related issues. Um, 
And so that's some of the impetus for why folks are coming together to either start their organizations, their groups, or to reboot them. Um, and it's interesting. It's an interesting time for people to be rebooting them as well. Thank you. Yeah, that's so important. And the census data, right, tells us a lot about the demographics of the United States and where we are and are organizations prepared for that shift? So we've seen this shift coming. We know that into 2050, there's going to be even more shifting. And so are organizations ready? Are they changing the pace of progress? Are they ready for the current pace? I'm so excited to delve in with you today. So I am actually going to pull up a slide for us because you're working on this amazing best practices guide for I Follow the Leader, and you offer four answers to the question of how do you start or reboot this group? So I want you to tell us more about Make Good Strides Lasting. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so that everyone can learn about that great acronym. Fantastic. Yeah, there, there are four answers to the question here, uh, I think, about how it is, how do you start or reboot uh, uh, a group? Uh, and so we have this little acronym here, Make Good Strides Last, starting with uh, gaining some clarity and setting your intention on what your mission is and what the scope of that is. It 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 should often be the case that these groups are, are part of a larger organization's strategy to address DEI. And so what is the particular intention uh, and mission and scope of, of your group? You'll want to you know, do some investigation and setting that, setting some clarity around that. In addition to, you know, developing some goals, uh, some objectives and related activities uh, related to the work of the group. Um, and there's lots to tease out in, in each of these, but also you, you'll want to pay some attention to the structure of your group, um, what size it is, uh, the roles and responsibilities of the different members um, and types of employees, if that's the case, that are a part of the group. And then lastly, uh, logistics um, and, and, and related finances and, and other resources. So logistics, how often the group will meet, what, how will the, the group communicate internally and externally, um, and all of those kinds of, of issues to be worked out. How will it report out on its work? How will it be held accountable for its work? So those are, broadly speaking, those are some things to pay attention to. Awesome. Thank you. And I want to mention, because this is such great work, we will let you know when this best practices guide is ready. And so if you are not already subscribed to our newsletter, you can go to ifollowtheleader.com slash subscribe, and you will get a notification. We'll be publishing this in September. So if you need this, I know a lot of you out there have said you need this, you want this. So be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you can get that update. So thank you, um, Kim, for that. And I would love to just go through, um, I know we have a short time together today, but for those who are interested, again, we'll have the best practices guide for you. But let's start with intention. So 
how can the organization set their intention? What what should they do and, and think about? Yeah. So uh, one way to think about your intention is sort of what is your, your mission, which is the, the M and, and make. Um, so you've come together. What is what is the, the purpose in your in your being together? As, as we said, it, it could be part of a larger organization strategy for this particular group. And so what is the purpose of this group? What is what is the intention? And so um, and, and that that can be made um, and should be made in as a declarative way as you can. So stating um, your response to the questions of what do we do and how do we do it? Um, who do we do it for? And what value are we bringing? And so the, all of that sort of sets your mission. And, and related to that is the scope. So on whose authority are you, are you acting? Um, oftentimes these uh, groups come together uh, in a grassroots faction, uh, fashion from the ground up, so to speak, as opposed to being um, developed by leadership. Uh, it was often the case, I think, during um, uh, the summer of 2020 and its aftermath that a lot of the groups formed by uh, employees and members of the, the organization and uh, leadership had to sort of catch up to it. Um, and so perhaps now is one of those moments where groups that formed in the heat of, of a lot of um, uh, national crisis, if you will, are wanting to you know, perhaps take a chance to uh, an opportunity to step back and to reset and to get clear about what your mission and purpose is now and on whose authority um, and what authorities you have to act. Yes. And when you all see me looking down, I'm a note taker. I love taking notes. And so something I wrote down is on whose authority. And so this is often a missing piece. We see that, right, if leadership hasn't affirmed that DEI is a strategic priority, it is amazing that you have change agents that are coming together in this grassroots effort. But ultimately, you will need not only leadership's buy-in, um, but the resources and really the green light and go ahead that this is a strategic priority, right? You can use the work time to be in this DEI group. Um, management needs to come along board as well. And so you want to ensure that top level leadership and middle managers are also champion, championing your group. So thank you for, for that perspective. Thanks to those in the chat. We have some joining from Greenville, South Carolina, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, so hello, Courtney. We both know Courtney. Good to see you here. Uh, so that that's step one, right? So thinking about um, what what is the structure and an imperative for success. Now let's talk about goals, objectives, and activities. Uh, why do you need these to be sex successful? So why, you know, why can't we just sit around, talk, have conversation? Why do we need goals uh, for these initiatives? Well, um, if we think back, you know, uh, to last year um, and over the course of the last year, a lot of a lot of that kind of thing, in fact, happened. People got together and were talking, and there was a lot of learning going on. Uh, there were there were some trainings and education and a, a awareness raising going on. And and the group then finds itself a year later and folks are like, well, what did we accomplish? Um, and uh, what do we do next? 
um, how do we build on what we've done? And so um, without goals, uh, those activities that we do, they, they, they happen in a vacuum um, and they're not as, as productive as they could be in helping to guide and assess your, your efforts to date determining where best to, to place your resources for, for what's next and, and that kind of thing. And so as with, as with any important endeavor, uh, for example, if one wants to get fit uh, and lose weight, you have to have a goal um, and you have to have some measurements, um, um, some milestones along the way to assess your progress. Otherwise, you may find yourself way off track um, and at the end of a month or six months, find yourself at a loss. What have we been doing all of this time? And so goals are important to help track your progress. That's awesome. And I, th- I think that's really important because we often see a gap here, right? So really well-intentioned organizations, really well-intentioned leaders who do look up and go, wow, right? It's, it's been a year. Um, it's been a year and some months since since George Floyd's murder and since so many people right formed these groups. And so what do we do now? We were well intentioned and we really wanted to move our organization forward. But did anything happen? Our, our employees change? Has our culture changed? And so I think those goals and objectives are really important. Um, I would love for you to go into some of the structural elements of the group because we often get questions about that. Um, How many members, who leads the group? Um, Are people being paid to participate? So we'd love for you to to just touch on some of the highlights around structural elements and logistics leaders should consider. Right. So organization structure is very important because, right, it tells us how the work will get done. Um, and it outlines uh, accountabilities for, for that work, uh, outlines roles and responsibilities for the work getting done. Um, uh, when we think back about how a lot of the groups formed, um, structure came after they got together. Um, and for some, structure is still a big missing and so um, it's important to consider how the work will be distributed um, and how people will be held accountable for that work getting done, which goes back to uh, you know, talking about the scope of the work and, and who, on whose authority is the work getting done. And so one thing to, to really keep in mind is that these, these aren't um, necessarily steps in a process, right? But there's this tacking back and forth between all of these elements that should be considered um, when when one is 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 undertaking this kind of endeavor. So you're you're absolutely right in in, in asking questions like what what time commitments are 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 there? Thank um, you for listening to this episode of Conversations. With how is it being I follow the leader? We appreciate you. Um, 
Be sure to subscribe to receive new episode alerts. To learn more about the firm, go to ifollowtheleader.com. I also want to encourage you, whether you're a change agent or leader, you can be a part of the solution. Now let's go make a positive impact and push the pace of progress. The world needs us. Get from it in terms of what do I get from being a part of this organization? Awesome. That's really important. Um, And we don't want this to be invisible work. A question people ask me is, is it bragging if we talk about our DEI initiatives? And I say, well, is it bragging to talk about your your revenue or accolades, right? It is a little bit of bragging. And we want you to brag about what you're doing about DEI. You want those who you're recruiting, you want your current employees, to know this is a real commitment. So I would say ring the bell, right? Shoot the confetti all the time. Yes, brag about what you're doing. It needs to be at the core of who you are and you need to have leaders also bragging about that. So I love that, you know, moving away from the invisible work and really helping people to feel appreciated, even if they aren't compensated monetarily. So making sure to highlight this in their performance review, making sure to highlight them in team meetings, in all company meetings and staff meetings. Uh, This is a group of employees who is really setting the bar high. So really wanted to, to highlight that. Um, and those who are watching, I know we have a lot of current clients, past clients watching. And so if you have questions, you can start putting them in the chat uh, and I will queue some of them up for Kim. I know we also have people watching who are thinking about forming a group or who have recently formed a group. And so again, please feel free to put your questions in the chat We will answer as many that we can. And so before we start with the Q&A, I would just like to ask him a few questions. So if a group is thinking about starting the form, how should they approach deciding who gets to be uh, in this group, um, what the name of the group is? Would love for you to just share some insight from your experience on on how how do we get started? Yeah, um, that's a great question. And even before we get into how we're going to start the the group, um, I want to talk a little bit, share a little bit about names of groups and the the significance of that. So we've been sort of interchanging. um, Sometimes we call it a DEI council. Sometimes it's called a DEI committee, a DEI working group, uh, a DEI board. Um, all of those names signify the, the, the kind of group that it is. It, will it provide advice? Will it, will it govern? Will it, um, organize activities and plan? And so in thinking about your, the, your group's mission and purpose, um, that is very much informed by what you might want to call yourself. But, um, after coming together and, and deciding on a name and all, I, you know, one of the first things you want to do is start collecting some information, um, collecting some data to help guide your work, um, evidence-based work, right? And so how to, how to get that information. So 
starting with a survey, starting with some kind of assessment of, of what people would like to see uh, the group do, um, what size folks think the group should be, uh, in terms of representation, who is involved in the group. Uh, do we want to mandate representation from the different units within the organization? Or do we want this to be a purely volunteer uh, effort? Um, and so being sort of systematically in thinking about the different aspects of the group that, that you would want to begin with an assessment to get that information. Thank you. I think that's so important, right? The evidence base and really allowing not only leaders, but employees to have a say, right? And so it may not be an employee-wide survey, but even just ensuring that, you know, leadership isn't setting all of the intentions for this group uh, without employees or vice versa, right? Employees aren't setting up the group without leadership. So I think that is so important in the name, right? It's like, what's in the name uh, is so important. The name and, and the roles and responsibilities of the group, what we've seen a lot is those are not outlined in the beginning. And then so a lot of people are backpedaling to set up, as you said, in the beginning, that structure. And so how can we set up the structure and logistics from the start to really set you up for success? So um, I appreciate that. We're gonna get into some of the Q&A and I wanna start with the question, how do you reset? So if a group has started and realized they don't have these best practices set up that you have talked about today, where, where can they go from here? Well, first off, um, I want folks to know that, they, that nothing wrong was done in getting to this point. Uh, remember, we started off by saying that there's a, a, a context in which these things happen. And so um, many of them happened, you know, in the summer of 2020, after the death of George Floyd, as we've said. And at that time, you know, the world, everyone wanted to do something, wanted to take some action to address these kinds of, of inequities. And so that was the impetus for coming together. And so now, now it's sort of like breathe and reset. Nothing's wrong. How do we move forward? Um, and I would suggest that what we just said about assessing where the group is, um, uh, including leadership in that assessment of where the group is, figuring out where, determining where the group fits within the larger um, DEI strategic goals and, and plans of the organization, going in with that kind of clarity and, and having someone help guide the process. So a, a lot of times initially, you know, these things happened internally. And now we find that we don't have the resources, the know-how uh, to, to take our work to, to the next level. And so consider reaching out to a consultant um, and maybe you want to um, experiment with one before deciding some organizations decide to hire a DEI um, lead. Um, you might want to try a consultant before investing in a DEI lead. You might find that, that your needs are met um, through, through that mechanism. 
Thank you. Yeah. So I wrote notes, really assess where your group is. Um, and again, really evidence-based assessment. So reach out to, to all of the members, conduct a survey, and maybe even focus groups on what's going really well, what may need to shift. And then I also wrote down helping, getting someone to help guide the process. So really important to say, like Kim said, right, it's not a failure or a mistake that the group got started if you're not where you want to be, but also acknowledging that diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, right? These are things that a lot of HR professionals who have been in the field a long time were not taught. This was not a part of the curriculum. Um, this was, it was not a part of a lot of MBA programs or leadership programs. That is just now happening. So likely, unless someone is a millennial or a Gen Z, they may have never had any DEI discussions in their formal training or even leadership programs. And so acknowledging that you likely will need, again, either, as Kim said, outside expertise or to bring on someone internally who has expertise in DEI. So DEI is strategic uh, and does require training and knowledge to really help you be successful. So thank you for, for that, Kim. I think that's really important. Um, another question, how many people should be in my DEI group? Can you shine some light onto that? Well, I could say five, <laughs> but that wouldn't make very much sense, would it? Um, so uh, I think really uh, answers to these and these and other questions like this are, are best answered by your assessment, the results of your assessment, um, what, what comes out of that. And so, um, yeah, it's hard to make decisions about size and responsibilities without first having something to help guide guide those decisions and conversations. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Right. So no one size fits all. You really are going to have to customize your group based on your culture, your size. If you have locations, right, multiple locations across the U.S. or globally, that's going to play a part as well. And so the best practices guide that Kim is creating, right, it is really going to guide you through questions to help you tease out some of these things. And so that's important to note. We're not going to say, no matter what, you need 10 to 15 people and you need one leader from this group and the other from this group. It's really going to help you reflect on who is your organization and what are your needs. So thank you, Kim. I think that's important to note. Uh, we have time for one more question. So I'm gonna pull this one. How can groups anticipate um, competing ideas? So how can you um, be prepared for competing ideas while also promoting healthy discussions? So this is a question about the dynamics of the group. How, how can groups have a good group dynamic while having some of these courageous conversations? Great yeah, question. That is a great question because these are, these are conversations that don't typically happen um, in, in the workplace or, 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 and sometimes even in faith communities. Right. Um, and they can be very challenging conversations to have. Um, and with, with, 
especially if, if the organization doesn't have experience with, with folks having conversations like this, then, you know, would recommend some, some guidance and some facilitation um, and some training in, in how to have conversations, um, how to listen, how to respond appropriately. And so if you feel like your group will need some support to, to be able to um, be productive in conversations, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to others across the organization who may have some skill and training in facilitation to help to help with that and 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 really to expect that that will happen so when it does happen you won't be surprised or think that something's wrong because this is part of the process right um that's great expect it to happen that's great i i love that right expecting right this may get a little messy in the beginning if you haven't done it before Right. There is a learning process and a learning curve. And I, I love you really highlighting throughout this conversation. It's OK to seek help, whether it be internally or externally. If we want to be successful, we may have to seek help, have increased knowledge and education. And so really important, again, DI not being just a heart issue, but really it being a strategic issue and thinking about what strategic resources, education, training do we put into the initiatives that mean the most to us and that are revenue generating because we don't want to forget that. Having a successful DEI program and action plan is actually going to help you be more successful. So thank you, Kim. Unfortunately, we do not have time for more questions, but I do want to leave everyone with, with some parting thoughts. And so if you can share um, just some parting thoughts about the importance of leadership being prepared uh, to lead their organization along the DEI journey. So you often say leaders have to do their work. Um, and so what, what does that mean? Right, right. Um, it means on this journey, this journey can get challenging and difficult. And, um, and it, it's a challenge to the status quo in many ways. And so it can make people feel uncomfortable, including leaders, right? And so sometimes we think that leaders um, have all the answers and know everything and they've, they, they're ahead of us uh, in the journey. But sometimes, no, they're not ahead of us in the journey. They're right there with us. And so it's important for them to do their work too. So um, sometimes uh, groups uh, proceed and leaders proceed and, and it starts to get a bit uncomfortable. Um, and, and we're talking about decisions needing to be made to allocate resources here or there. And, uh, and so things come up to consider that, that are required for the journey. And uh, sometimes if a leader hasn't done the work of determining why is DEI important, not just to the organization, but, but to me personally, you know, um, what kinds of, what have I gotten out of being in uh, positions of power and privilege? Because that's what we're challenging with DEI. How have I benefited from my position as um, uh, 
a heterosexual woman? Um, how have I benefited from my being a, a member of a, I'm hearing and I'm, I'm a member of a deaf community, for example. How have I benefited from my maleness in a patriarchy? Um, examining that and, and being willing to share that with the folks on your team, to be vulnerable in that way and say, I've benefited, I, I realize how I've benefited, and I'm, I'm willing because I want this organization to be willing to do things differently moving forward so that we can all benefit. Um, and so doing your work, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Thank you. That's so important. And just that was so well said. Uh, and I, I really hope that the leaders watching and the change agents watching will really take that to heart and, and think about, um, have you been doing the work? And what does doing the work look like? Um, so thank you so much, Dr. Kim Allen. Always a pleasure. Um, I get to work with you often, but so excited to, to have you on the first conversations where I follow the leader. I know it will not be the last. I am putting back on the screen for you all. Make good strides last. Again, if you're not signed up for our newsletter, you can sign up at ifollowtheleader.com slash subscribe, and you will get that best practices guide. We're so lucky to have Dr. Kim Allen on today and working on not only this resource, but doing a lot of our client engagement work. So thank you for coming on today, Kim. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And I, I hope to hear more from the folks about what they've learned from being uh, in their groups. And so that would be great to hear. I love that. So yes, if you are watching, please let us know. Um, we know that a lot of people watch after the live. And so please let us know in the comments, what, is, what are questions you have? What is something you've learned from being in a DEI group? And we will make sure to monitor and come back and engage with you and answer the questions you have. So Thank you so much for attending Best Practices to Create Your Organization's DEI Group. We can't wait to see you again soon for conversations with I Follow the Leader. We will be releasing our September calendar again via our newsletter, so be sure to sign up at ifollowtheleader.com slash subscribe. You can also go to ifollowtheleader.com to view a lot of DEI resources, including other conversations with I Follow the Leader. So go to ifollowtheleader.com and don't ever hesitate to reach out if you have a question or we can help you with your DEI working group. That's something we do with many of our clients and would be happy to help your DEI group excel and really push that pace of progress. Thank you so much. We'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.